The hardest part about the sport has got to be that every day is a new day, and one day you can be a hero, and the next you can be zero. And I think it's something that every rider has to deal with, and it's just the reality of the sport, and it's difficult, but I also think that makes riders want to work harder and be more dedicated and, and try to reach for that hero day every single day and, and to not get yourself too down whenever you have one of those zero days. Welcome to Practical Horseman's podcast, a show featuring conversations with respected riders, industry leaders, and horse care experts. The show, which runs every other week, is co-hosted by Practical Horseman editors, and our goal is to inform, educate, and inspire. I'm Jocelyn Pierce, and this week's episode is with rising show jumping star Brian Mogri. The 18-year-old began riding when he was just two, and as he grew older, focused exclusively on the jumper divisions. He contested his first mini Grand Prix at age 11, and his first Grand Prix two years later. He wasn't introduced to the hunter and equitation divisions until later in his junior career, where he also excelled. Among his achievements were top 10 placing at the 2016 ASPCA McLean National Championship and the Washington International Horse Show Equitation Final, first place in the 2016 Junior Amateur Owner Jumper Prix at Hit Socrates, and team gold at the 2017 North American Junior Young Rider Championships. In 2018, he won his first major equitation title at the Dover Saddlery USEF Hunter Seat Medal Final, finished second in the McClay Final, and was third at the Washington International Horse Show Equitation Final. Brian began taking the show jumping world by storm in March of 2019 when he and his Westphalian gelding, MTM Viva La Rev, also known as Urkel, picked up their first international win at the Longines FEI Jumping World Cup Ocala. Brian was just 17 at the time. His World Cup qualifier success continued into the next season, where he and Urkel won yet another qualifier, this time in Lexington at the prestigious National Horse Show. One week later, the pair placed third at the Royal Horse Show in Toronto. Then, in late January, he was awarded the 2020 Lionel Garand Hermes Trophy, presented annually to a young rider and one of the Olympic disciplines who demonstrates the team's values of sportsmanship and horsemanship and shows great potential. Brian's success continued in February when he delivered a double-clear performance in his Senior Nations Cup debut. This led the U.S. team to a decisive victory in the FEI Jumping Nations Cup Wellington CSIO 4-star. Then, in March, he finished second with Urkel in the 300,000 CSI 5-star CP Palm Beach Masters Final, right before equestrian sport came grinding to a halt due to the coronavirus pandemic. Brian ended up finishing third in the World Cup Eastern Sub-League rankings, which means he would have been realizing his dreams of competing in the World Cup final next week, which of course has now been cancelled. I caught up with Brian at his trainer's Ken and Emily Smith's base in Wellington at the beginning of January. During our conversation, Brian shared how he deals with pressure, what he thinks makes him a strong competitor, and his future plans for his riding career. But first, I want to take a moment to thank this episode's sponsor, Cosequin. Cosequin is the number one veterinarian-recommended joint health supplement brand, with Cosequin Original, Cosequin Optimized with MSM, Cosequin ASU, and Cosequin ASU+. There's a formula suited for all horses at any stage of life. Learn more at CosequinEquine.com. When performance matters, choose Cosequin. Now, let's jump right into this episode as Brian shares how his love of horses and riding began. 
when I started writing, I was uh, almost three years old, so I can tell you what my parents have always told me. Um, since I was a little kid, the house that we first lived in, there was a farm down the street, and when they would take my sister to school, I would always want to stop and see the horses and the ponies and everything. So I'd make them stop almost every single day. And um, yeah, so that happened for about a year or so, and then I got pony ride lessons from that farm. And I was supposed to be five, but I was five for three years. I was actually like two years old. Um, and I just stuck with it. Me and my siblings, I have a brother and a sister. We all tried it and I'm the only one that stuck with it. And, you know, ever since then, I've been riding every single day and I've never known a day where I haven't been riding. <laughs> so it's always been kind of like the serious thing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and my, my parents weren't horse people or they weren't involved with the sport, so we all kind of came into it blind mm -hmm. and uh, it seemed to work out pretty well. Can you talk a little bit about some of the riders or coaches that kind of influenced you mm -hmm. and what you learned from them? Yeah, my uh, first trainer who was at that barn, I started riding out when I was two years old, I rode with her from then until I was about 12 years old. Her name's Gianna Acock, and she's based out of Texas. And um, yeah, I, she took me from obviously pony rides and then until my first uh, like national Grand Prix. And then um, she had connections with Mike McCormick and Tracy Fenny of MTM Farm. And I had bought horses from them and they would help me at horse shows with those certain horses and then uh, when I was around 12 or 13, I started fully riding with them and, and traveling with their team. And um, now in my professional career as an 18-year-old, I ride with uh, Emily Smith and Ken Smith of Ashland Farm. And, uh, you know, I think they've all taught me great things. I have a, a, a good foundation from Gianna. Uh, Mike and Tracy gave me endless opportunity and, you know, tons of horses to ride. And I you know, went everywhere and went with them to go see horses they were trying in Europe. They brought me with them and just all over the United States. And uh, I'm super excited to start my new journey with Ken and Emily and see where that takes us. And I mean, you you contested your first Grand Prix when you were very young. What did mm -hmm. you say, like 11 or 12? Uh, I did like a mini pre when I was 11, but probably my first national Grand Prix when I was 13 or 14. And I mean, obviously, you've, you've been racking up a lot of big wins. I mean, what do you kind of attribute such early success in your career to? You know, I think hard work and dedication and having a great support system behind me, as well as having the horses to do it. Uh, you know, my parents since day one have constantly supported me and, and given me the world in the sense of riding. And um, I have three fantastic horses. I have uh, MTM Viva La Rev. MTM Flutterby and MTM Los Angeles and you know those horses as long as as well as all the horses I've had previously you know it all just teaches you how to become the rider you want to be and and Leslie Lehman who takes care of my horses does a fantastic job and you know she always makes them look their best and feel their best and I think that plays a huge factor in it as well and it's just the the constant dedication and drive to be serious about the sport, I think, is a huge thing. And you obviously have a very special relationship with Urkel. Can you talk a little bit about how he came into your life and kind of how you developed that bond and partnership? Urkel was first imported by uh, Mike and Tracy, and he was 
six or seven years old. I think he had just turned seven when they brought him over. And I, I tried him, I showed him a bit, and uh, I didn't really see the vision that they saw with him. Uh, he was a little quirky when he first came, and uh, you know they knew it was going to be the right fit. So my parents bought him for me, and we really grew together and did everything. Started off in the meter thirties, then did the high juniors, and and now is taking me to my first five star competitions. And the great thing about it is not only is it my first time jumping these fences, it's his first mm -hmm. time as well. So it's really special to share that with a horse, and I think that also plays a huge factor in our relationship. And what's he like kind of to ride and around the barn? He is the sweetest horse. I mean, I don't know if it's just me or if it's, you know, but um, no, he's, he's, he's super sweet in the barn. He <laughs> gets a little like obnoxious at times, you know, he's, he's quirky and, and he'll mess with you with his nose and, and he likes to get in your business and lick your face, but that's why I love him. Uh, but he's just such a, a gentle, kind horse on the ground. And when you're in the saddle, he's nothing but business. And he's a little bit like me, you know, whenever we're not in the saddle, it's kind of, you know, lighthearted and, and playful and, and in the saddle it's, it's go time. And him and I really, um, you know, feel that together. And can you talk a little bit about your other two horses and what they're like? Uh, my mare, MTM Flutterby, I call her Izzy. I've had her for about six years now. Okay. Uh, she, she's seen it all. She's, she's done everything uh, from, I did the low juniors on her. She's done national Grand Prix, uh, jumped young riders, and now she is a great ranking horse for me and do the, the meter 45 speed classes and get a lot of points in that sense. But... Um, she, I like to say she's like my sister <laughs> because I can't imagine, you know, having gone through this journey without that horse. And, and she's one that'll stick with me forever because she is so close to me. And I was 12 years old. She was seven. She's coming 13 now. And um, yeah, she's like a sister to me. And uh, I, my other horse, MTM Los Angeles, he's coming eight this year. Uh, and he is fantastic. I'm, I'm so excited for that horse. He uh, had a great year last year as a seven-year-old. Um, jumped in a meter 45 in Spruce Meadows, clear. You know, he's, he's so game. He's so talented. And um, I haven't done much with him, but we're excited for the future. And this year being his eight-year-old year, I'm really excited to see where that takes us because I think he is very special. And when you're competing, do you have a routine before a big class or just a competition in general? I am very superstitious, and, and so is Leslie, who helps me. We have a system, we have a routine, and we never stray from it. <laughs> Even down to what shirts I'll wear for certain classes. I have a certain shirt I wear for qualifiers and one that I wear for Grand Prix. And, I never like to change anything right before a class, or even if it's the spurs or a spur strap or just any little thing. And um, so, no, I, I about an hour before the class, Leslie and I, we both disappear. <laughs> you know, she goes and, and, and gets ready and takes care of the horses, and, and I go to the ring and focus on myself, and we just have our moments of silence to kind of mentally prepare and, and get into our zone, and then it's go time and you know, that system has worked for us thus far, so we're going to continue to do so, and hopefully it stays the same. 
And do you get nervous when you're kind of mentally preparing? Is it nerves that you're trying to calm? Yes, yes, I get very nervous. Um, And that's always been me. It's always been me. I think it's what gives me a competitive edge as well. You know, I think if you're not nervous, you're you're not serious about it. And whatever the outcome may be, maybe you're scared to jump the fence height, maybe you're scared for the result. Scared isn't a great word, but mm-hmm. nervous for it. And um, no, I think it gives me just that extra edge that I need to perform at my best. And so when you're taking those quiet moments, that's just kind of you're just kind of trying to calm calm your nerves. Yeah, get in the right headspace and, and be serious and focused and, and ready to to take on the world. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel makes you a strong competitor? I mean, you're kind of known to, to be very competitive, a bit of an aggressive mm-hmm. competitor. What, what, why do you think that is? Uh, ever since I was a kid, I've always had a very competitive personality, even with my siblings and, and what they were doing. My brother played sports. He played soccer and baseball and all those things. And even I would try on the side to, to learn those things just so I could be better than him, which is... <laughs> It's terrible, but it's true. I've always just been naturally competitive and, and I want to be on top of the world and, you know, to have the support behind me and, and the mentality that I have, I, I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen for myself and for my team. Can you um, speak a little bit about what your overall training philosophy is? I really do believe that having a routine, no matter what it is, having a system and sticking to it and, and repetition is, is most important. You know, I myself, I get into a habit due to repetition, and that's something that I was taught by my old trainers, uh, Mike McCormick. He, that was the big thing, is we always would repeat, 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 and it's the same for the horses, same for myself, and, and I think just how it's worked for us and for my horses. You know, we have the same preparation every single time we show. I myself have the same preparation, and it falls into superstition as well, you know into not wanting to change anything. And, and I think after doing the same thing for long enough, it becomes habit mm-hmm. for you. And it, and it seems to work out for us. How do you deal with pressure? Uh, I just have to get in my zone. Mm-hmm. I have to get in my zone and focus on myself and, and what the end goal is. I think uh, the most pressure in my life comes from myself. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of pressure on myself, and I just really have to take it in and, and think to myself of how I want the result to be and, and be dedicated to it and see the end goal. What do you think is your favorite part of the sport or horses or riding in general? You know, it's, it's great because it's like a, a whole separate world. It's a whole world that not many people know about, and it seems like a huge one, but it's a very close-knit world. You know, you're joined with a group of people who are passionate about what they do and who love horses and I myself am passionate about what I do and, and my horses mean the world to me so to be able to relate to that with such a, a, a broad amount of people it you know it makes you feel like home in, in a place that you never really knew existed and I think that's very special. And what's maybe the hardest part of the sport? The hardest part about the sport has got to be that every day is a new day. And one day you can be a hero, and the next you can be zero. And I think it's something that every rider has to deal with, and it's just the reality of the sport, and it's difficult. But I also think that makes riders want to work harder and be more dedicated and and 
try to reach for that hero day every single day and, and to not get yourself too down whenever you have one of those zero days. But um, it's a bit inevitable. And, and I would say that's the hardest part about the sport. And you just have to be aware of that. And it's, I think that's most important. Can you talk about maybe some other interests that you have besides riding, if, if you have time for other interests? <laughs> you know, um, I like to say that I would like to go to the gym, but I, to this day, have not made that happen. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I don't really have much time for any other interest. I mean, I love spending time with my family. I try to go home and see them as much as I can. It's difficult with my show schedule, but they also make such an effort to come and see me, which is great. Um, but my main passion is the horses, and, and I don't ever let that get away from me, and that's just my life. And, I mean, you just mentioned you're a professional rider now. Mm -hmm. You you know, you've turned 18. Um, you know, if you, if you didn't follow a riding career, what, what else do you think you might want to do? I have no idea what I would want to do. If I weren't a professional rider, I would have uh, probably gone to college and found my career path there and something that really interested me. But without doing that and, you know, just going full throttle into the horses, I'm not quite sure what else I'd rather be doing. I mean, I think it's rare for someone who's so young to have such a, like, you know, you know what your passion is, you're driven, you're going to do that. And that's something I'm very thankful for is I found something that I was so passionate about at a young age. So I kind of knew my career path since day one. And I know that's something not everybody really has. And again, that's just endless thanks to my parents for always supporting that dream of mine. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like trying to balance schoolwork with riding at such a high level and how you did that? Yeah, uh, I started online school in eighth grade is my first year. And it was an online public school. So it essentially followed the same curriculum as a normal public school would. And I still had to do state testing at the end of the year in order to go to my next grade level. And I had to graduate by certain deadlines and everything like that. So I think it was great to have a system like that. So I never let my schoolwork get away from me and had to meet those deadlines and, and actually have to learn in order to move on to my next year. Um, it, was, it was difficult managing the writing and the schoolwork, but you know, without the education and without getting it done, there are no horses. And that's how it's always been for me. And I am guilty of getting behind, but I also would get ahead at times, you know, indoors is such a difficult time for all of that. And, you know, you just have to plan it to work ahead and, and to plan and to break it up into groups. You know, maybe you have some downtime before the final season or some downtime afterwards. You have to take advantage of that and really plan your school routine accordingly. What are kind of, can you talk a little bit about some of your goals and plans for your riding career in the future? Uh, I would love to compete on U.S. Nations Cup teams. That's a huge goal of mine. Um, you know, one day hopefully go to the Olympics. You know, a lot of riders' dreams, but it's been mine since I was a little kid and I would love to make that happen and, you know, just to represent my country on such a large stage. I would love to one day be the number one ranked rider in the world. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me, Brian. Of course. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And thanks again for the sponsor of this episode, Costa Quinn. Join us again in two weeks. Upcoming conversations are with the legendary Eric Neve, hunter and jumper rider Hannah Aesop, and equestrian nutritionist Natalie Gabby. 
You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. While you're there, please rate and review the show. I'm Jocelyn Pierce, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman Podcast.